Hey everybody, it's Clint. Um, today is a special day for a lot of people. 420. Um, if you don't know what that is, then uh, look it up, I guess. I'm sure there's something about it on the internet somewhere. Uh, but anyways, um, I do not partake in um, the ganja. But um, I can appreciate those who do. And so to celebrate, I guess, um, in my own way, I did an out and back down Beach Road um, through Pahoa. Um, and each distance out and then back was 4.20 miles. Um, so I guess the only thing better than one 420 is two 420s. And that's not been uploaded to Strava yet because I was having some sinking issues with uh, my Garmin. What else is new? Um, I'm kind of making this podcast interesting. I've got one of those um, Slender Tone belts it goes around your waist and it's got these uh electric uh pads and it's supposed to give you rock hard abs um like the fitness models on the front of the box but i will probably not have that ever at least not from this contraption because I like to eat too much, so um, I think that it's true. Abs are made in the kitchen, um, so if you eat, if you out eat your ab workouts, you're never gonna have rock hard abs. And I'm pushing 40, so the uh, the window's closing in on me. But um, anyways, we'll see. I I just like to. Um, put it on because I paid decent money for it and um, I haven't used it in about a year so um, if I yelp in pain uh, it's because I've got this thing on and it goes through cycles so it'll like pulse for a little while and then it'll go dormant and then all of a sudden it'll hit you like really hard with the the zap and uh, go dormant and then hit you real hard again so it has all these little phases that it goes through so um, should be interesting uh, but yeah I am in the middle of an audiobook that I actually put as a suggestion on um, the soapbox last podcast and um, I'd say I say I'm in the middle. I'm about three quarters away through it, and uh, it's a really good audiobook. It, it's a book, actually. It's an audiobook for num nums like me who uh, don't read that much. The only things that I really read are technical manuals. So I'll sit and read a book cover to cover on SQL or. Uh, HTML 
or JavaScript or something like that. But when it comes to like just pleasure reading, I prefer to hear uh, the author reading their their book, um, or you know somebody else that can read really good, like do you know the characters and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, enough about my reading preferences. This book is really good, and it's better than I even could have imagined. Um, I strongly recommend uh, Born to Run. Um, I've got it posted up on the site. You can see the author, I believe, is Christopher, and the last name starts with an M. I've got an issue ladies and gentlemen because I'm on the phone I'm recording this through my headphones which are linked to my phone and so last time I was trying this when I moved to a different screen um, it still recorded but if the phone times out and goes to the uh, lock screen it stops recording and it just goes dead so I don't want to do that so I don't want to roll over to um, the site to see who that author is. I'm sorry, author. Um, I doubt that you're listening to this podcast. Um, or any self-respecting ultra runner. You're probably not listening to this podcast. Um, and you probably know who the author is. Uh, I do, or I did, and I went ahead and, and put it up on the website because I know how bad I am with uh, remembering names of people and also of things. Um, I can remember Teotihuacan because that was on Ancient Aliens, right? Totally useless knowledge, uh, but I cannot remember precisely the name of the tribe that's in Born to Run. I know it starts with a T. I know um, that it kind of sounds like Teotihuacan, but it's not. Uh, and I can't remember for the life of me. And I also can't switch over. Uh, it might help me to actually plan these podcasts and write stuff down that I'm going to say. But then that's no fun because I'm just reading off of uh, papers. But anyways, uh, I digress. This book is really good. It is a bunch of stories. Uh, a staggering amount of accounts from many different people and they're all intermingled and they make up this book it's interspersed with uh, facts like health facts and uh, you know medical knowledge about running and uh, just a very useful book whether you are a runner yourself interested in running or absolutely have no interest in it at all. Um, the socio geographical, socio geographic, is that a word? Um, it has a lot of socio geographic um, value. Uh, it's very educational. Um, culturally, it's telling you about um, actually a couple of different cultures. It highlights the American culture, um, 
subtly or not so subtly it um, talks about ultra running culture and also the the culture of um, I guess I'll call them a tribe I hope that's not being disrespectful but a tribe of people that um, live in Mexico and these people they run I don't want to tell too much about the book because I want you to discover all this for yourself but um, they run long long distances and they don't have a lot of fancy shoes and um, equipment and things um, so you're learning stuff and at least for me I'm also doing a lot of self-reflection um, it's reinforcing a lot of things that I've learned over the years kind of not really the hard way but um, just it's taken me a long time to learn things that I could have known if I would have just found this uh, book earlier and that would have been very valuable to me but still very valuable to me now and I like to recommend it and I hope that um, you'll check it out Born to Run by Christopher I think actually I'm going to take a risk I'm going to go ahead and look this up so hopefully this will not stop recording this is bugging me let's see Born to Run by Christopher McDougall. That's what I was going to say. Uh, Alright, and it looks like it did actually keep recording. Hopefully. So, Born to Run by Christopher McDougall. Um, another thing that I learned from this book, and I'm not going to give the, the um, precise ingredients, because I want you to, like, discover all that stuff for yourself but um it's a drink that um actually now i'm gonna go ahead and look up the, the name of this tribe because that is just ignorant of me the name of the tribe is not apparent I need to do a better search to run tribe uh, Raramuri is the I believe the actual name and then Tarahumara Tarahumara. So actually a bad thing happened right here. I actually talked for probably 15 or 20 minutes. Exactly what I thought was going to happen happened. Um, so I'm not going to do that again. But um, Tarahumara was the name of the tribe. And then uh, I briefly went on to mention that there is a documentary on Netflix that um, it's called Lorena, I believe, light-footed woman. And um, I'm going to definitely have to start doing these podcasts on my computer so I can look stuff up. Um, but that 
it's not as insightful and it doesn't give you the full context uh, that Born to Run gives. Uh, Born to Run is just a great book. Have I mentioned that I really like Born to Run? Uh, so check out that book. Um, it's available in audiobook for people like me um, on Audible and probably Chirp or probably some other platform too. Um, I don't know. Does Apple have books? I think there's some kind of Apple book store thingamabob. Um, you could probably find it on there. But also check out that Lorena Lightfooted Woman. Um, it's not really like a full-on documentary. It just kind of tells a little bit of, about this um, nice lady. And you get a little bit of insight, but not the full context you get from Born to Run about the Rara Murray um, or Tara Humara people. And also look up a little bit more about them. It's cool to see. Um, it's cool to hear the description of how they dress. Then it's also neat to see the images too. Um, so do a quick image search check them out and I believe a while back I watched a documentary on them so I think floating around somewhere like maybe it was done by National Geographic or uh, maybe Discovery or something like that there, I think there's a documentary about them that kind of like uh, details what they're all about that you may want to dig around. And if I find it, I will post it to the site and probably talk about it on another episode. But so, yeah, that book's really good. And one of the things that that book has really got me thinking about, um, I have really been a curmudgeon lately. Um, I think... Well, I don't want to say that a lot of people have, but I think a lot of people feel like being a curmudgeon. What's up with this year? Um, it is really not going swell so far. Uh, and my heart goes out to everybody that is in the southeast. I saw some really crazy weather is setting in. And I know, I think last week, they had some tornadoes and things. Uh, some other weather events, not not just and things, um, but I think they're getting hail and uh, possible tornadoes in Alabama today or tonight. Um, so everybody stay safe. I mean, and I saw about I saw briefly about the um, the gunman that killed I think sixteen people yesterday or maybe it was earlier today I I tell you um, it's it's a crazy world these days and um, I don't know like my own personal life not like my whole personal life's not in shambles I don't want to give that impression um, but like professionally I kind of feel like I'm in a sort of a dead end 
and get ready to go back to school and hopefully change that um, because you just can't sit around, I guess, and lament and mope and whine about stuff. You have to actually um, plan a course of action and then uh, do something to get yourself out of a situation. That's not um, that's not a guaranteed fix-all or... Um, it may not solve it <laughs> for every situation, but it, I, I've never found that um, strategy to be hurtful um, or make things worse. Um, but yeah, with the virus and everything else that's wonky about the world, it's been it's been a bit of a time. So I've not. I've been kind of grumpy, um, just things, you know, that are kind of beyond my control. And usually I wouldn't, uh, be so bent out of shape about them, but my ability to run, well, my ability has not really been decreased. Um, my priorities have kind of shifted a little bit. And so I've not been running as much and I'm one of these, um, kind of uh, damaged goods people that <laughs> has to run that's more or less um, my anti antidepressant I guess I don't want to like use uh, you know too heavy of words because my life right now is not that difficult but I do have some some things that I've carried with me since uh childhood that kind of weigh heavy on me and probably will weigh heavy on me until the day that I pass away but um going out so I've got a lot some a little bit of social anxiety and I find that um going out and getting all those endorphins going and um letting out all those toxins through sweating and, uh, you know, just being kinetic and, uh, breathing in the clean air, taking in the sights and sounds. Um, it's cathartic for me. So anytime that I'm not able to or I keep saying I'm not able, um, I'm making excuses is what I'm doing. Uh, anytime that I don't stay on, you know, like a daily or almost daily routine, um, I get a little bit out of shape. I kind of have like a little mini withdrawal. I get a little grumpy. So, um, I have been that way recently, kind of a little negative, little standoffish and I think that it somewhat came out in um, the podcast that I did over the weekend so sorry about that I'm not mad at anybody um, I just have a lot on my mind as does everybody else and so I'm not trying to trivialize or um, say that my situation's hard it's not um, it's just you know Sometimes it do be that way, but thankfully, um, I became aware that I was kind of not 
doing what I was supposed to be doing. I have plenty of opportunity to go ahead and go run at a different place. What it is, is I don't like to go back and forth too far, you know? Like, I don't like to come all the way home and then go all the way back to where I just came from to get on a trail and run. Because you're talking about, like, 30 minutes to get home, 30 minutes to drive back, right? Because the trail is right up next to um, where I work. But I am having to come home now um, because everybody's schedule is wonky with um, the schools being closed and um, you know schedules being different and all. So I come home now and I stay here for a little bit and then um, I get back out. So what I have done is I have decided that instead of going all the way back up to work, I'm just going to go to a place that I used to run every day. Um, it's Government Beach Road. I think I already mentioned that. And it goes down um, to where the lava flow is. I know I mentioned this before. But I could actually do a really long run and just start in my neighborhood and then just run south. I think if I did that, I'm just guessing, but I would say that it's probably 20 miles round trip. I might be overestimating, but um, I don't do that every day. Maybe I need to start, but but uh, I'll usually go down to another neighborhood called Hawaiian Beaches, and there's not many, but there's some places that you can park your vehicle um, if you're so inclined and you are willing to assume the risk of having your vehicle broken into while you're off um, traipsing around Lower Puna. Um, you can park in Hawaiian beaches. Down to the lava flow is exactly 4 miles, 4.20 miles, and then back. So 8.4, is that right? I've never been that great with math. Um, so yeah, that every day is not too shabby. And I was doing about seven a day up at the reservoir. So the only the only deal, and I think I mentioned this before, is um, now they've paved over what used to be gravel road. Um, and so you're you're basically running on a road. The cars can go faster. And, um, did I just say you're running on a gravel road? You're not running on a gravel road. You're running on a paved road. And uh, the cars can go faster. And uh, yeah, so you just got to watch out. Not, not my favorite thing to do. I don't like to run on the roads. I like to run on trails just because I don't think cars and people go together um, or people on bikes or people in sneakers uh, yeah but today was great um, I really t took some time to kind of appreciate the uh, 
and take notice of my surroundings. I've said it before, but I really like um, Lower Puna. And uh, this area in particular is one of my favorites. Number one, um, how lucky am I that I get to live in this place? It's not always easy to to be here. Um, there are definitely pros and cons and there's trade-offs and these things. But at the end of the day, like how lucky am I to be here? And then to have this place... Um, it's so beautiful be you know like 15 or 20 minutes away from um, where I live and it's it's hard for me to adequately describe it but it's um it's like running through a enchanted jungle you know there's vines and big trees and um you know, coconut palms, ginger, all kinds of colors, uh, all kinds of smells. I was going past somebody's house today, and they were cutting their yard, and I don't know what they were cutting. It could have actually been vanilla, you know, maybe that got up in the mower blades or something, but whatever they were cutting it was it smelled just like vanilla so it was like this really um pungent but pleasant vanilla scent in the air and then um sometimes you'll get you'll get this scent i forgot what it's called uh yeah i'm not sure i don't know if it's hibiscus or or what there's a heavy honeysuckle scent that is in the air sometimes, but just just really um, really pleasant smells, really pleasant sights, um, and then you run into all kinds of people, like you name it, <laughs> you could run into them. Uh, so the people I ran in today, the standout was. Um, there was a guy, hard to dis, hard to describe accurately, but picture a man in. He was a man that looked like a man's man. He had blue jeans, t-shirt. Um, I believe his t-shirt was tucked into his blue jeans. A thick beard, not too long, not too short. Glasses. Um, and he had a blinking light over his shoulder, I believe, and he was on rollerblades on this, um, very low traffic road in the middle of, um, Pahoa. And so I saw him, that guy was cool, he gets it, um, <laughs> he takes notice of people more. I think because you just don't see that many, especially now, not that many people are, are out. Um, my wife will get mad at me, but there was a gorgeous blonde uh, lady that was dressed like she was a dead ringer for um, 
what's her name in vacation she's an is it is it christy brinkley i think it might be but um dead ringer like walking down the road but then it got weird because there, there were a lot of cops um out as well after that and i don't know if she was involved in all the hubbub but there was like five or well maybe i'm exaggerating there was a couple there was three or more police vehicles like in this um driveway i guess and then there were some other personal cars i don't want to tell anybody's personal business but um it was an odd situation after that so i didn't i didn't get too involved but yeah so like you see whatever pahoa is like that you can see many many things um actually the whole island's like that it, it's so different <laughs> like in a matter of of feet you can you can be in a totally different world but um there was a nice older not older i don't want to i don't want to say that but they were older than me we'll say that but they still looked very um healthy and vibrant and they were nice they they were actually walking when i was parking my truck and starting and so um having done some self-reflection i'm trying to be a little bit more talkative and nicer when i'm out um, and just kind of appreciating what i've got and um you know just not being a jerk to people <laughs> as much usually I'm, I'm not i don't like go out of my way to be a jerk but i'm just like i don't say much and so um i'm trying to interact with people a little bit more but uh this is not all about me i see these people again and this is after i had gone out to the lava flow and i was coming back and so i passed them and they were still going in the opposite direction and the ladies like uh and this this was funny to me she goes uh how far do you jog And so for any runner that is uh either super humorous or super offensive I don't take offense to anything but uh and to be to be completely honest I look like more of a jogger like if you see me you're thinking jogger because my build is not one where you're like oh you you love to run <laughs> like i look way more like a um, hobbyist <laughs> like somebody that would wear um sweats and like a sweatband and um some new balance sneakers and um nothing against any of that and nothing against joggers or or whatever but i i look my body type is that um i don't look like a a runner i definitely don't think that i look like a long distance runner maybe um i should get my eyes fixed i don't i don't know but that's just my perception i'm a little bit of a chunky boy uh matter of fact if you've seen an object that looks like a pillow with uh short shorts and ultras 
running around uh, Pune or up at the reservoir. That was me. Uh, that was not a running pillow. Um, so just remain calm. But yeah, so the lady said, how far do you jog? And I thought it was funny. Like, I honestly found humor in it. And uh, I'm self-deprecating, believe it or not. I was like, I, I forgot what exactly I said. But it was, I still retained a small amount of standoffishness and didn't um, answer the question per se. I just said, a long, long way, or something like that, uh, which is debatable, but, um, but yeah, so little things like that are picking up, and none of the cops that I saw, um, gave me any beef for being out, um, and I was not wearing a mask, so I'm sorry to anybody that is offended by that. I did not come in contact with I probably didn't come within 10, uh, probably 20 feet of people while I was out there. I didn't even see that many of them, to be honest. Uh, this is a pretty, a, not abandoned, but very low traffic. So there's some car traffic, but not a lot of foot traffic. Um, so I'm sorry with that is bad, but I did not wear a mask. Um, I wear one all day, all around, like, at work, uh, out at the grocery store. If I absolutely must go, um, I try to avoid those person-to-person -person interactions right now. Um, because I understand, like, those people are, you know, the amount of folks that they're coming into contact with, it's just, it's kind of unfair to them. So I try not to increase their burden too much. Um, again, I'm talking about me. Uh, <laughs> sorry. So when I'm out running, I don't even see how, like, a mask would even help. Can you imagine? Like, it would be all soaked with sweat and completely and utterly, utterly useless, you know, so it would negate the whole point of even having one on in the first place, so I'm just, I'm just saying, I didn't have one, um, I forgot why I even mentioned that, why I'm even implicating myself, if it gets bad enough, like if there were more people, I would, first of all, I just wouldn't be there, um, I would go home, but yeah. I'm definitely not going to get close to people. And, and yeah, I'm the last person that's going to walk up to somebody and start chatting them up. So I did maintain adequate social distance, but just no, no mask today. And so I remember why I brought that up. Um, the cops didn't stop me. And so all in all, great day. Um, I guess police were out because they knew what 420 is all about and um, they were trying to bust up people that would normally be congregating which is sad but 
at the same time, like, it's pretty serious, you know. There's cases on this island, and, I mean, it, you know, whether there's a lot of cases or not, it really, all of that is um, negligible when you get it, right? So, like, once you get it, like, depending on some unknown black box of factors, you could either be fine, a little sick, or dead. Like, it's serious business, so I think that that's what the police were doing. They have been kicking people out of the reservoir as well that are going to the waterfalls because it's a, I believe, because it's such a tight area. Um, and there's a lot of people that usually go there and there's just too much, um, too, too much possibility that people are going to be close together and sneezing, coughing on each other or whatever and passing this thing along. And we just, it's the last thing that we need right now. Um, so yeah, everybody, I hope you stay healthy and wash your hands and, um, don't get this thing. Stay home and social distance if you have to get out. Take your mask, even though I know I just said I didn't wear one to, to run, but then I think I adequately explained why not, right? Because it would do no good. And I gots to run. I know that that's, that may seem ignorant to some people, but I gots to. Like, I do the fan bike at home, and I watch Thundercat and um, Little Dragon on YouTube or something. But after a while, that gets old. Um, and the fan bike just does not take off the pounds the way that running does and it's so much more noticeable when I'm on the fan bike for 30 minutes versus when I'm out running for 45 minutes or an hour or two hours or three like running just has that effect on me where I just like lose time um and so I guess that's a good point when you start off running, it kind of is like a means to an end. You're racing against the clock or you're, you're pushing uh, to get done. But then once you become accustomed to it, it um, you lose all that. And it actually becomes uh, a part of you or it becomes a thing that you look forward to doing. It's not so bad. The way I would describe it is like even now, when I first start out, uh, not all the time, but sometimes, you know, frequently enough, when I first start off on a run, it's kind of like, um, what was that movie? Uh, I forgot what it was, but the one where uh, Mickey Mouse is, he goes into like the wizard's basement and... He starts doing some magic, and uh, I think like a couple brooms are walking around, but then he like really messes up, and then he starts like this whole storm 
of like uncontrol uncontrollable like uh, inanimate objects that become alive and they're like everywhere and it's it's crazy um, and I can't believe that I can't remember the name of this thing but I'm really bad with everything uh, remembering names of people or things maybe it's early onset uh, dementia or Alzheimer's I don't know but so um, the sorcerer something I forgot what it was but anyways uh, it's kind of like that for me because I start off and it's just a little bit and then like once I get going I get like that mojo or whatever I can't stop almost like I don't I don't want to stop sometimes like I want to keep going um, it gets that good so it doesn't it doesn't get worse it gets better actually once I get into it um, and so you can do the same thing you just have to uh, keep pressing on until you get to that point like you'll eventually it'll click over and you'll get out of the um, I gotta do this for X amount of time or I want to lose this amount of weight or whatever and uh, if you do it enough you'll get to that point I think eventually where you're like me and it's just a part of your life it's just something you do and it brings value to you that's the biggest thing for me is like it, it adds value um, I used to say that if I don't enjoy it at some point I won't do it anymore but now I think that it's not even really an enjoyment thing. I do enjoy it, but uh, it adds value to my life. It's a piece of my life that, uh, number one, I have 100% control over because I have zero control over a lot of other things um, or somewhere between zero and, you know, 100 <laughs> but not quite 100% control of other things. So with running, I have 100% control. I control if I go or not. I control how far I go, how fast I go, um, what I drink, what I eat, what kind of shoes I'm wearing, whatever. Um, it's something, it's another facet of my life. I enjoy a lot of things and... Um, you know, not nothing as much as uh, I don't focus on other things as much as I focus on running, but I enjoy a lot of things. Um, running is a facet of my life. It's a piece of me. So if something else fails, uh, at least I've got I've got that, you know, and that's a pretty big thing. Uh, so my self-worth and my value is not diminished you know it's kind of like where uh, if you're investing you invest in a lot of different things you diversify your portfolio same thing with running and you know everything that you do so like I I like to run of course I like to play the guitar I'm not great at playing the guitar but I've been doing it since I was a kid and so I have guitars. I play them sometimes. Um, archery, I'm interested in. Again, not a superstar archer, um, but it's something that I like. 
uh, yeah, and so just you have all these kind of things that um, the sum of all of them is kind of like you. It's kind of what makes you you, like all of your interests and, and things. But anyway, I don't know why I'm telling you this. I, I think everybody gets this all by themselves. Um, yeah, and so that's what it is to, to me. That's what running is to me. It's kind of like a part of me. So I don't conceive of a time where I would not want to do it or when I would want to stop. Um, injuries, thankfully, uh, are not common for me. I have some issues with my knees that come up every now and then, but I think I'm just postulating. Uh, of course, I'm not a physician and I have no valid medical opinion. Uh, one way or the other, but I think based on things that I have been told in the past um, by people I trust that are smarter than me, for sure, um, and just my observation, I think because I have enough muscle built up now, there's a lot of pressure that's taken off of my joints, and so I don't get knee pain the way that um, I used to. I used to have very bad knee pain. Very, very bad. And even still, sometimes uh, I'll have a little bit of reoccurring. So I know the injury is still there. Um, eventually, like once my muscles start to atrophy and I get on up in age, it'll probably come re-manifest and get worse, but for now, um, my muscle strength is such that the bone, no touchy bone, and I don't, uh, I don't get those kind of arthritis pains in my knees as much, um, as I used to. Uh, if you read the Born to Run book or listen to it, there's actually some good stuff in there about injury prevention too, and it talks about shoes, and this is something that I have talked about before. Um, I don't think I put it as eloquently or as um, factually, like fact-based as what Born to Run puts it, but I have said in the past that you don't need like the new fangled uh, everything to do this you need enough right like you and even like needing shoes I don't know I'm not so sure because the whole crux of this born to run book is um, you know these people they, they run in sandals they don't have shoes and there's people in the book that actually run barefoot and they have less injuries and um, yeah, less problems. They're faster, too, apparently. I don't know. I wasn't there. But according to this book, that's what they said. Um, and I kindly tend to believe it because some of the best shoes that I have had are um, 
these ultras that were made for very short distance. Like, they were actually made for, um, like a Spartan sprint type events where you're going through a lot of mud. They've got the Vibram outsoles and, like, big, um, knobby, um, shred, I guess, um, on the bottom of them. And the cushioning is nothing. It's, like, maybe, like, a half inch. I may be exaggerating, but I think it's, it's very small. Um, and then the average age of the, all of the pairs that I've got is such that the, they're so compacted down, but those are my, those are my favorite shoes because I feel like I slip less in those. Um, and I can feel my foot striking and, and I get a better I've become more connected with the ground, I feel like, with those than I do with um, the new pair of shoes that I have or the Max Cushion shoes that I used um, for a little while. Yeah, and so I think there may be some validity to running barefoot or running in very minimal shoes, but say all that to say this like you don't need the the most fancy things um but that's all that's in the book too and you can figure that out for yourself but um but yeah so the best thing that you can do uh is just make it a habit to run like do it every day and then you'll gradually notice that um have to do it becomes you know need to do it like want to do it need to do it type type thing um believe it or not that's it can happen to you uh and then you get to have like these little sort of pseudo magical experiences like i had today um even when i was in Georgia I mean I know it's easy to have like a a really awesome epiphany like uh fantasy type run when you're in Hawaii but also you know in Georgia too uh, my best memories I won't say my best my best because I don't it, in any way want to diminish like time spent with friends or time spent with my family but you know I still remember like pieces of uh trail that I would run like near where we live so I mean I w- there was a place called Arabia Mountain State Park and I think round trip like from that park down to where the path ended and it didn't go anymore and then back up I want to say it was like a 28 mile round trip and so I used to run that and I would run you know pieces of it during the week and then on the weekends I would sometimes run all the way down and then all the way back up but you're talking about you're seeing all kinds of snakes Um, I think I saw a turkey. I might be lying. 
but I believe I saw a turkey. Uh, I have a strong suspicion that I may be telling a fib, but I think I saw a turkey. I definitely saw a deer um, all the time on this trail. Uh, training for an ultra, I would run this thing like early in the morning and it was dark and so that was the first time I had ever seen so I had my headlamp on right and of course I had on my head because this is when I was a noob and I didn't know all the secrets like you can hold your headlamp in your hand it's actually better um, that's all debatable but so I would have my headlamp on my head and I would start off on these early runs and you know I'm planning on being out there for basically all day because I'm not that fast um, but start off early and I'm going you know along and I'm looking off to the side of the trail and I'm like ah, oh, you know the grass is really wet but then I notice you know when I look a little closer the grass isn't wet all the reflection that I'm seeing that looks like dew drops on the grass, those are spiders. And the eyes are reflecting back. Um, and you would see like them move every now and then, like jump, and you're like, ah, why is all the dew on the grass jumping? It's not. It's all spiders. You're out in the middle of a spider. So that sounds more like a nightmare. But, um, you know... Like seeing these things, and I remember, um, so Arabia Mountain State Park, you can um, look that up. It's very interesting, the, the history of this place. Uh, it's one of those things, it's like right under your nose, but you never even know like the whole history. It's like very unassuming, um, but it's an old um, quarry for um, granite. It's a granite quarry. And close to it is uh, Manadnock. I think I'm saying that right. It's a smaller... So there's Stone Mountain, which is like the, the more, I guess, well-known um, Manadnock. I hope I'm saying that right. Not making a fool of myself. Or making more of a fool of myself than I usually do. Uh, there's a bigger one, Stone Mountain... But then this one is a smaller one that's close to Arabia Mountain State Park. Or maybe that is Arabia Mountain. I think that is Arabia Mountain. Come to think of it. I could be wrong. Um, foggy on that. But I think there's several, actually. But there's one really proximal to where I would start off running. But I remember running up that. Um, and it's just so alien, the terrain... Just different kinds of plants than you usually see. Um, pools of water in this solid rock. Um, everything, you know, sun bleached uh, Georgia pines. Just, you know, things that, I, that stay in my head. And then um, in the morning, of course, the, the sunrise and then in the sunset with the pink and the blue and the purple and uh, just beautiful skies some days and you know like your your um, fluffy clouds 
or your wispy white clouds with baby baby blue sky and you know you've got this rocky terrain georgia pines and um, all different kinds of um there's a little kind of red i don't know if it's a flower or if it's a fungus but it's um it's particular to this area like it only grows on certain terrain and so you won't see it many other places i, I want to say that we have it up at volcano national park i think we have something similar something related to it but this was also in georgia at um radio mountain state park so if you're in georgia which you could be because i still know people in georgia i don't know anybody that um would listen to this podcast but <laughs> but if you are then you should go to arabia mountain state park i love that place um and so it, i have memories of that all of that it became a, a part of me it's something that i carry with me now um and the same thing here like everywhere i go here it became it's a part of me i when i ran you know i didn't run that much in iceland but i still remember you know i had little experiences where uh one that is in my mind heavy uh there are actually two from from iceland uh the first one i'll just go with the the second one cuz it was a little more sad the the second one that i had i did a long run um like 20 i think i did i'll go back and look at strava but i think it was somewhere around 20ish miles but this was a longer run but one of the the things i did was i ran through um a graveyard and i was looking at the the gravestones and this was a different you know a different place and all the names were different so it was unfamiliar but um you know the, the one thing that was the same was that all these people were no more and i did a little contemplating and i swear i'm not ripping this off of uh david goggins book this was actually a thought that i had while i was doing this and i don't think it's too far fetched i think a lot of people probably have this thought and that's why we have um these memorials to kind of remind us and make us think you know that our time here is precious but um I'm I didn't run through the graveyard uh just want to throw that in I I stopped running to walk through um and then once I was out I continued on running I wasn't being disrespectful or anything like that but um observing these gravestones I had the thought you know of how uh you know finite everything is and i need to do all of the things that i can while i still can you know my dad likes to say i did what does he say i gave it all i had for as long as i had it i believe that's that something close to that. And so I think that's true and that was a thought that I had um going through there but other cool things about that particular run I ran by the airport and there were planes, you know, landing. And that's cool. Kind of like um 
kind of like a scene out of Rocky or something. But uh, yeah, and you just you know running through little residential neighborhoods very quietly because um, I believe daylight was like fifteen hours or more of the day at that time. So sometimes it would be daylight and um, it would be night time actually and people would be sleeping they're very uh sensitive about that in iceland they don't like tourists uh making noise so i think this was like in the day day though this particular run so that was like maybe less um less fun because of the you know the the lamenting our our death or imminent demise and all but so another one that I did, which was uh, more of a fond memory, we had stayed in this little town that we barely made it in, barely made it into because they were closing roads because of snowstorms um, all around the, the area. We managed to get into town and uh, me and my friends that I went with, we were camping almost everywhere that we were going um, and it was off season, so none of the campgrounds were really like open, open. You could stay there, but a lot of the amenities were not, um, were not there. And of course there weren't that many people, uh, staying around, but we went to this village, I say village, we went to this town that was tucked away in the middle of all of these mountains, uh, gorgeous mountains, snow covered, uh, there was a little uh, harbor. Well, not a little harbor. There was a big harbor that that um, came in, like inlet in between two uh, mountains, and that went out into the ocean. And there's like a little idyllic church in this town, and like all the you know just your typical typical what you would think of like little um, uh, village surrounded by mountains and uh, you know snow everywhere so it was snowing most of the time I think that we were in this town uh, but yeah so I took a run what the hell because uh, <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot else to do uh, and I ran out along not like along the bay but uh, up higher elevation and I would look down towards the bay and there's a big cargo ship um, in the harbor and I came across somebody's uh, sheep I think it was a sheep it had a lot, I think it had curly hair you know memory is a weird, it's a tricky thing because uh, it's just so unreliable but I, I believe it was a sheep that I came across and uh, of course I stopped and talked to that sheep because I'm a weirdo uh, but I remember that <laughs> that was a good memory I stopped and talked to that sheep and um, it it was one of those points in my life where I was like how lucky am I to, to be uh, right here right now and just taking this all in and wow it's amazing um, that how how many people there are in the world and everybody's having these these moments and I can describe it and even if I had pictures I could never 
adequately transfer that information over to anybody else. That's kind of like my moment, and I've just got a, a series of these. Um, it really does sound like I, I did. I did participate in 420. Like I'm getting really existential here, but I swear I didn't. Other than running, um, I got a runner's high. That's all. But so, like being in that moment and then realizing that I'm just a small part. I'm having these experiences, but like there's billions of people having the same thing. Like you know, all around, and and that's what life is. It's all different. Blah blah blah. How lucky I was. But uh, so. Iceland's a really interesting place too because they they have um, a lot of folklore and um, I'm not saying that everybody in Iceland believes in trolls I, I don't think that they do but I think because of the, the tourism the benefit to tourism and uh, you know it's part of their culture as well they have some pretty interesting things. One of the things that they had, which I don't know if this was related to, to trolls or not, but in the same town and on the same run, uh, I went down and out on the other side of the harbor and then in the mountain they had carved a door and I think there was, I think it was a phone booth, I think. But they had, there was a nice door that was just built into the side of this mountain. And then inside, I believe there was a phone on the wall. This was, they, they didn't build a phone booth externally. They just carved it out into the mountain and they put this nice wood door and there was like a, something inside I don't remember if it was a phone booth or it could have been like a, a, I don't know there could have been a couch in there for all I remember because <laughs> it's been several years but um, a lot of interesting things like that to see uh, and I forgot what my whole point was yeah it's just you, you go and you make these memories it's that you otherwise would not have you get up close and personal with the terrain so like it's one thing to go to a place and you're taking a bunch of selfies and you know you're taking pictures of everything and you're like eating a bunch of food all that stuff is great but um doing the the skyline trail i saw pieces of japan that i never would have otherwise seen um and I got to experience things. I got to experience people like firsthand, and not only that, but I got to experience trail running culture. And then I got to not really meet, but I got to interact with people from around the world that had come there to do the same thing I was doing. And so, for a schlub like me, it, those kind of things are cool. Like a, that's that's big time stuff for me to get to do that. And so. I'm grateful for all those opportunities and that's why I just I don't see I don't see running as a means to an end it's a big part of I think 
who I am. It's a, it's a, it adds value, I guess. That's why I'm, that's what I was saying earlier. That's the value that it adds. Uh, things that I would otherwise not notice. I'll be too self-absorbed. So, yeah, I really don't have a point in all this podcast, uh, everybody, but, um, just sharing my experience today. It was such a good one that I knew that I should get on and talk about a little bit. But I did also, um, if nothing else comes out of this whole thing, I do want to push that book really heavily because I enjoy it. I am enjoying it thoroughly. And um, I think it's beneficial for anybody to pick up whether you run a step in your life or or not um, I think it's cool to know and if you are planning on getting into ultra running then it's kind of like the who's who and uh, the what not to do and what to do of, of it all it's kind of like the uh, owner's manual for <laughs> ultra running so please do check it out um but it's been about an hour, so I'm going to go ahead and end this for now. But everybody continue to take care. And um, I know that things aren't ideal, but there's um, there's kind of a silver lining in, in everything. You have to look for it. And then even if there's not, then... You have to become David Goggins and just um, just be relentless and and make it through with sheer uh, guts and determination. So um, take care, and then I'll be back hopefully soon. Thanks for listening.